Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. clouds and the sky always blue i'll do anything just to get right back to get right back to you when the stars align and the moon smiles too you just can't deny something's looking after you so let's get right back get right back to the world we knew you're searching for a Your courage takes us all the way. Oh, if you believe in something, I know it must be hope. Your love will always lead the way. Oh, you're searching for a better place. Oh, if you believe in something, I know it must be hope. Across the finish line, I'll be right there for you. And I'll hold you tight in my arms like I always do.
Oof. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 43 of the Agree to Disagree podcast show. I've never started a show that way, but that falsetto at the end, oh man, it takes you, it's like, it's almost like taking a knife and just ripping your heart out. <laughs> you know, I decided to go with that. First of all, I'm not going to do my introduction first. Like, I have to explain to you. I said, because you know what? What do we need? And I was going through Pat's library and I'm like, what do we need right now in this world? This fucked up world we're living in right now is a little bit of hope. First of all, guys, let me welcome my good old friend, Pat Rossi, to the show. Pat, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Louie. I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me. Wasn't that a great start? What a, what a way to start. You know what? I feel, I feel, I don't know. I feel warm. I feel warm and tingly, and it's not the rum that I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, I feel, uh, feels good to hear it again. I mean, uh, I got really emotionally attached to that song for a very long time, and uh, it was hard to let go of it. And uh, hearing it again now, it's like the words, you know, they, they, they get to me every time I wrote that song in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and it's just, it's just emotional, you know, you yeah. can hear it in my lyrics that I was just feeling emotional at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the performance, first of all, the live performance is absolutely beautiful. And that, that falsetto at the end, my God, I believe, I believe, ah, oh, it's just beautiful. So guys, let me, let's, let me put this first of all, thank you so much for tuning in everyone. Um, as I say, every week we are streaming live tonight on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, send in all your comments, your questions. Uh, let's make this as interactive as possible for Pat. Any questions that you may have for him, any comments as well would be greatly appreciated. Uh, guys, tonight, I've been meaning to have Pat on my show for so long. So I feel I've, I'm really excited tonight. I'm really happy to have him. Uh, Pat and I have been have been friends for a very long time since Pat was a little pup, since I was a little puppy. A long uh, time ago. Very, yeah, a long time ago. I was very good friends with his uh, brother, Gino. And uh, so we basically grew up together. And um, for those of you that don't know, Pat Rossi is a uh, entrepreneur, uh, but more importantly, a singer songwriter from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, as you know, yeah, I just realized actually, Pat, that I have uh, people listening to the podcast uh, all over the world. So I, I, yeah, I can't nice. believe it. I can't believe Amazing. it. So the, the the wonders of the internet and podcasting and and uh, and having your own show. So Pat, first of all, thank you so much for doing the show tonight. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. 100%. It's my pleasure. So let's start by saying, how are you? Second of all, where are you? What is going on here? <laughs> when, I, when I reached out to, to be on the show, I'm like, what do you mean you're in Florida? What are you doing in Florida? Well, Go first ahead. of all, I'm really happy to be doing this with you, Louis. I know it took me some time to get on here. You had asked me, uh, uh, I think it was the summer, yep. and uh, it was just bad timing. And uh, yep. now when you asked me again, I'm like, yeah, let's do this, you know? Uh, two friends let's just talk and uh, and have a good night of it uh so where am i i'm being held hostage in uh, florida <laughs> yeah, sure. in a makeshift studio <laughs> no i'm in uh, i'm in florida right now uh i came out uh, here to florida for the last few weeks uh i am gonna be coming back home soon um but i came out to florida and i just came here for a bit of a mental break you know just to get away from uh, everything that's been going on uh with the pandemic back home in Canada. I'm from Montreal, like uh, most of you already know. And so I just needed a mental break and a vacation, you know? I've been working a lot. And so we said, you know what? Let's let's just take off, go to Florida a few weeks, rented a house here, and awesome. uh, we're just enjoying the sun, the much needed sun. Yeah. 
and you're continuing to work, right? Especially yeah, yeah, I'm working. Yeah. I have a, like I said, I have a makeshift studio here that I brought some of my gear. I shipped some of my gear here. I'm still working from home here all the time. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I, I think uh, now more than ever, we're hearing it everywhere. Uh, that's the first thing that you and I talked about when we spoke off air was mental break. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, my, my honestly, Pat, my mental break was, it's funny, I restarted, as you know, this is my second podcast, right? Yeah. I always say it. And uh, I started at the beginning of COVID. And this is like therapy for me. Good. This is a yeah. way of me to to meet different people or talk to people that I already know and hear their stories and just interact, even if it is over the internet, yeah. but uh, sharing stories and meeting new people and uh, learning. So I think uh, you this... had a podcast that you did one not long ago about uh, men's mental health, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yes. interesting. People are starting to talk about it. I mean, it's, it's important to give, especially in today's day where everything is so fast paced, everything is thrown at us, men, women, all of us, everything's yeah. just thrown at us all the time. You wake up, we go on Instagram and we're hearing all the bad news, bad news, bad news all the time. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, just getting away from it all. Like I've been in a, an emotional, I call it an emotional coma here in Florida. <laughs> I'm like, I'm staying away from the news. I'm writing songs every day. I'm just trying to stay as happy as I can because I know that when I get back, it's going to be the same stories yeah. again. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's, let's save that for the writing yeah. for, for after. For after. All right. Okay. So here, you know. I, I was telling you, and I would tell, uh, you know, as, as everyone knows, Pat and I grew up together, and mm -hmm. we, we share a love of music. And it's ironic that, you know, he's doing the show three days away from me seeing my 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 musical idols, Genesis, as, as Pat knows, mm -hmm. uh, on Monday in Montreal. I'm going to be seeing them for the last time. This is their farewell tour. So it's kind of ironic that I'm doing the show with you. And, you know, I always... I want to go back to the days when we were kids, and you always were absolutely... <laughs> in love with you two yeah and i swear to god bro to this day i hear a u2 song i think about you and your brother automatically amazing automatically <laughs> and it, it's it, it's just amazing and i've always said and i'm sure you're gonna agree with me pat that no other form no other art form i don't care what anybody tells me has the power to if you hear a song and it'll bring you to a certain moment of your life whether it would be bad or good i remember the song they played at my mother's funeral, I, I remember th the songs that we played at my wedding. I, yeah. I, I remember the song that that got me out of my depression after my mom passed away. It, it just, just, you know, I, I remember the song I was listening to. I, and I remember when a girl broke my heart and that back in the day was one by you too. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Where, what? I still I still hear that song and I still cry. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it, the the. the Basically, what I'm trying to say is the magic and the power of music will always, will always, for me, there's nothing that comes close to music. Nothing. And I I'm sure, you know, um, I was, so I, I wanted to know and bring us back to your beginnings. Because I remember you having at, at your parents' house in the basement, which I think it was like uh, an acoustic guitar. You know, those, everyone had it back then, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, I remember asking your brother, you know, how's, you know, Pat, yeah, Pat loves music and he'll just bang on anything and he'll play anything. So what what do you think made you fall in love with music? Um, I think, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I can't pinpoint it to one particular moment. Mm -hmm. All I know is that every time I was a child and I'm talking like even like I remember I have memories as far as like five years old, uh, six years old, where I was always hearing things in my mind and not understanding why. And I was hearing like uh, melodies or instruments 
uh, I would be, you know, banging on the table, the kitchen table. And my mom would start, start screaming at me, like, stop banging on the table. Like, <laughs> say, don't play the tamburo, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like, like she would always tell me that. And I don't know what it was. It was just something in me. And I, I kept it private for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. to the awkward teenage years. You keep it private. I always loved music. I would play on the, my acoustic guitar, like you had said. Um, yeah. And I don't know, from there, I just, it, 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 it was overwhelmingly inside me that I had to get it out. And I always had a love also for creative writing. Uh, in school, I was always a big fan of writing stories, poems. I okay. still have them today, stuff that I wrote when I was 10 years old. So I show my kids, and I'm like, look, look at these stories I used to write and poems. And so I started putting together the writing that I love to do and with the storytelling, with these things that I kept hearing in my head and playing a guitar. I taught myself how to play drums. I was a self-taught uh, guitarist. Um, I played the keyboards, as you saw a little bit yeah. uh, on the video there. And I just started putting it together, you know, like words, music. Okay. I, and I started thinking, you know, I think I could do this. I think I could put together a song. And I started writing my songs at I think the first time I wrote my real first song, I must have been like 15 years old. That's what I was going to ask you. So 15 yeah. years old, you wrote your first song. Yeah, it was a private song, you know, like one of those I love you baby songs <laughs> for, your, <laughs> for your crush back home or whatever, you know. Uh, but And I still have like all the old books where I write all my poems and lyrics. I got stacks of it from amazing from, from when I started. Yeah, I kept it all. And, and I read back at it today and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like some cringeworthy lyrics in there. But... You know, 15. and it's funny because then I saw the evolution when I look back on my words and my lyrics. I saw the evolution that when I hit like the teenage years, I started to see the evolution around 16, 17, where I started to get more dark with my words. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, like when you hit those awkward teenage years, yeah. you start to become like depressed about life. Yeah, and course. this can't be it. Now I got to go to work and school <laughs> sucks. And <laughs> so I, I saw the transition. But luckily, I got out of that uh, pretty quick. Well, you know, you mentioned 15. I'm not sure if you knew that um, the, uh, oh boy, was it Don Henley uh, mm-hmm. of the, the Eagles? Yeah. Uh, they, they wrote Desperado <clears throat> when they were 16 years old. So, so here's, here's, let me ask Imagine you. Imagine that. I don't know if everyone knows the song Desperado, guys. But and I always use this as an example. I'm like, how the hell do you write a song like Desperado when you're 16 <laughs> years old? It doesn't make sense, Pat. It, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. It doesn't. That's because that's a talent. It, it, because I equate right, and I'm sure again, as you said, as you got older, I equate life life experiences with the lyrics getting more complex and 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 having lived life and and even just being more intelligent and learning more and history and 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 just the way things you know uh work in the world uh and then of course that will have an impact on the quality of your lyrics and how you compose a song so that that's i i believe that you know that that there is you know i heard another thing uh, beethoven symphony number no. 5 it's been what 300 years or 200 years mm-hmm. and still you hear it today and it was one of the first music that was ever composed in the actual frame of, of, of a composer. And you say, how is this even possible, right? It lives yeah. on. It will live on forever. It will live yeah. on forever. 
So, yeah, and, and like uh, like most art forms, I think life experiences is very much what leads to uh, great art. And I think that these people, like you mentioned, Don Henley, and I, I can also refer to someone like Kurt Cobain, who wrote incredible lyrics, yes. very dark, but very amazing songs. These people had a hard life. They had a difficult life growing up. They didn't have the nine to five type life that we had, like the the the, the like I can say I had a good life. Like my yeah. parents raised me. I had a good family. Uh, at 15 years old, I wasn't uh, uh, begging out the streets for money. You know, yes. like I was okay. And I think that if if somebody is having a hard time in life, they're gonna write songs like Desperado. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you're you're totally right. That whole grunge movement. You look at the lyrics uh, that came, who came, and the artists that came out of that movement. Mm -hmm. You look at some of the lyrics in rap and hip hop, the, yeah. the beginning days that came out, and the lyrics, and it's of just course. basically telling stories, right, of what they've lived in their lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with you on that. So, mm -hmm. so tell me, tell, tell, tell the viewers and people listening, where, when did you get your, what was your first musical experience in a band or I think, cause I think you started in a band, right? Yeah. Well, I started playing off of my, playing with my, uh, my guitar back home and just, you know, learning, uh, the, the, the craft, learning how to put songs together. Mm -hmm. And I started my first real band where we were actually like five guys together in a band was in college when I went to Champlain and I met, um, a few friends of mine that we went to high school with. Shout out to Champlain Regional College. Champlain College, St. <laughs> Lambert, man. <laughs> and you know, we we just got together and my friend uh, Santo at the time came up to me and was like, hey, I hear that you play some music and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I play music. I play some guitar and bass. And they're like, oh, that's cool because we're starting up a band. And I'm like, oh, cool. I could play guitar or I could play bass or sing. And they're sure. like, no, we need a drummer. And I'm like, I don't play drums, but okay, I'll play drums. <laughs> so I swear that's exactly how the conversation went. So he's like, all right, cool. Well, do you think you could play drums? I'm like, yeah, I could handle it. Don't worry about it. I got this. So I went out to kids. No, it was um, uh, Etal Melody. Etal Melody, yeah. But it's still, yeah. <laughs> went out to Etal Melody. I spent like $200 on a starter drum kit, and I started practicing. I'll never forget the first day I brought the drum kit home. My dad's like, whose drum kit is this? Where is this going? This is not going in our house. I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. It's just for a few days. And I started practicing and I taught myself and, and back then it was hard to learn something because we didn't have YouTube. True. We had nothing. So I was just reading magazines. And I think the thing that helped me the most is listening, listening to artists like Neil Peart, like Genesis, listening to the drummer, listen to Phil Jeez. Collins. How is he doing that? Is he an octopus? How is he playing <laughs> this and doing this at the same time? So then you start to put it together. And be like, okay, I kind of understand how he's doing it. He's doing it like this or that. And so I, I, I compare my, I'm not comparing myself to those drummers, course, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but just say is that I tried to learn from the people that inspired me at the time. And, and then from then we started a band called Loki Dino. We played a few shows here and there. And oh, it was fun. Well, I was okay. just drumming. Okay. I was just drumming for them the whole time. And it was a blast. It was a blast. It was so much fun. Okay. So from there, this, so these were the, the college years. And from there you yeah. went... Where where did you where, at what point did you transition to actually saying oh I could get behind uh, uh, the mic and and get my go at the, at a bono uh, bono uh, impersonation here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so right after that band broke up, uh, I said you know what I'm kind of tired of playing the drums and look how stupid this is. I was tired of playing the drums because I was fed up of having to carry the drums around all the time. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm being honest, man. Hey. I'm like, man, the singer brings nothing. He just yeah, brings a microphone. It's so easy. He doesn't have a... So I'm like, oh, man, I'm tired of bringing these drums around. So I said, you know what? I could sing. If I could, if I could learn guitar and I could learn drums, I, I think I could sing. I, got, I can do this. And so I started the same process, started teaching myself. Uh, voc I did some vocal training with some professionals back in Montreal. And uh, I started to learn. And, and I started a band called One Away at that time, which uh, I yes. think it was around 2002. I remember. Yeah. I started that band and I was a singer and, and we just we started writing our own songs. Unbelievable. Yeah. Then, then from one away, mm -hmm. where did that go after that? There was so from one away, we saw quite a bit of local success. We won some Battle of the Bands. We played for Bon Jovi. We did yes. a bunch of yeah. We, we opened did a up bunch for Bon Jovi. Yeah, we played. We yeah. opened up for Bon Jovi, and uh, we had a good run. We had a good like five year run of doing a lot of stuff. We were on the news a lot, and we were always uh, um, performing live. And then after that, the band parted ways uh, due to creative differences. And I started another band. I've always uh, loved that. I've always loved creative differences. Come on. Yeah. Tell me the <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, I'm just... look, I, I love that band. I love that band. Uh, One Away was like, One Away was my college years of music. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like the band that I absolutely loved to be in and was proud to be in. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we had creative differences in the sense where I was writing songs that weren't as um, heavy as they would like. Mm -hmm. And also uh, the singer at the time felt like he wanted to venture into, uh, not the singer, the guitarist at the time felt like he wanted to venture into singing as well and writing different styles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why we say creative differences, because the real story is either really exciting or really boring. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. No, creative. And I mean, that goes with a lot of the, you know, the most famous bands, right? The, I mean, yeah. that's one of the reasons why Peter Gabriel left Genesis, because he wanted more. Exactly. He didn't, you know, he wanted the harder stuff and he wanted the crazier stuff and the more artistic stuff. And, and mm -hmm. you know, the guys were 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 fed up of being poor so they, they wanted yeah. to make more mainstream music and that's when yeah. that's when he decided to leave and they put and they brought phil um yeah. in front of the microphone and then the rest is, as they say is history is history um so from one away you then formed your yeah. last band correct if i'm correct yes so from one away after that i took a break for a few months and then i started a new project called the falling Yes, and I started writing most of the songs, almost all the songs in the falling. I was writing and or working with co-writers to 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 do the songs, and that we had a good run with the falling as well. Um, it was it was really fun. We did a lot of good a good, a good shows. We played with uh, Three Doors Down at Metropolis, oh. uh, with Jonas and the Massive Attraction. I'm not sure if nice. you know him. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we had a good run there. We had a song on the radio on Shome and across Canada. We had uh, one of our songs, This Is The Day, was airing across Canada. It hit the charts, so it was going well. And after that, uh, the same vibe was starting to happen in the band where, you know, creative differences, people yeah. weren't really feeling uh, like they were investing, like we were investing in the right things in the band and stuff like that. So I said, okay, you know what, like, I've had my run with bands. I wanna, yeah. I wanna try something new. I wanna just do this on my own now, and that's where I started my own, my own project under my own name. Uh, I'd like to think that I should have always done a solo project. I just never had the guts to do it. And when you're in a band, 
if somebody messes up, well, it's the whole band that's messing up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you and, know, and that's okay, right? Because it brought yeah, you to fine. where you are today. That's yeah. You, you mean you you had great experiences, mm -hmm. and you got your your experience that you needed as a musician as well. Find your own voice too. Find yeah. your own writing skills, and mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't see that it was lost. I think it was just it just brought to where the the musician and the singer songwriter that you are today. Yeah. Um. So. So now, like. So now you're writing songs, you're singing songs. I even noticed that you're producing some records as well, some albums and some songs. Um, what what is? I always wondered. Okay, so uh, to me, what always fascinated me is that, and maybe one day you're gonna teach me how to write a song, because I, I, every time I listen to a song and then there's and there's lyrics and yeah, I always it's a question: How the hell did they write this song? It just I always ask myself that question. So, what what is the, the 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 process? What is the process of writing a song? How what frame of mind? What's the process? How do how do you even start? Well, first of all, I never I never sit down to write a song. That's okay. just my case. I'm not saying that's the case for all artists. For me, in my personal perspective, in my in my way that I work, I never sit down to write a song. I like I was saying earlier when I was younger, I'm always hearing. I'm getting signals and messages and it just comes to my mind. I guess it's just the creativity in me that's flowing. The more I write the songs, the more it comes to my mind, the better you get at your craft and you, you become uh, like you, you, you master your craft and you get better at it. Uh, if you push, if I push away those sounds or those ideas that I get, I find that I become very, uh, I, I end up in like um, a creative trap where now yeah. I want the ideas, but they're not coming anymore. That's why I never yeah. sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a song because it, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, so what I do, my, my thing, what I do is I, every time I get these ideas, I write them down. I'll voice memo them on my phone. Thank God for technology today. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. I you have, didn't actually have to write it. Yeah. I, thank God I have a musical studio in the palm of my hands every day because I'm yeah. able to hit voice memo and da 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 da. I'll sing out the melody one or two words and that's and then i'll type in okay idea number six thousand three hundred and fifty one or crazy. whatever you know crazy um so and and then when it comes down that's like for the melody when it comes down to writing the music that's when i'll sit down and say okay what's this melody trying to tell me is it a ballad am i going for a pop feel is it a more of an alternative feel and that's when i'll start to create the um, the beat as they call it, you know, okay. like the, the, the notes that would complement my melody that I'm hearing. And once that's laid out, then I'll, I'll lay down a, a rough vocal track of that melody that I've been hearing. So it'll be like a la-di-da-da-da, just no words, just mm -hmm. my subconscious telling me what the, the syllables should be. Like, is it going to end in an A or a U? Like those, just those sounds. Jeez. So it's a little bit complex, but yeah, well, yeah. I I didn't think it was simple. Yeah, and and then from there, I'll start writing the words, or I'll revert. I'll I'll look back to some of the words that I've had in stories and poems that I've written, and from there, I'll start to look and be like, okay, this line fits perfectly, and then you catch that vibe. Once you catch that vibe, of, that's what this song is about. That's when like I get all the goosebumps, and I'm like, oh man, I got it. This is the song, you know. So nice. it's it, it it's just. It's hard to explain. Uh, I've done like a songwriting course with Ryan Tedder from One Republic, who's like yep. one of my favorite songwriters. Well, one of the most successful of all time. And and I and you know like 
the songwriters, we call it like the God element. We, we can't explain where this stuff is coming from. I think it's a tribal feeling, something that we're just born with. You know, like when you look back at tribes in humanity, like what's one thing that always existed? Drumming, yes. dancing, music. It's so tribal, right? So yes. I think that some of us are maybe more in tune with that than others. Others, there might be other elements that they're more in tune with. And that's why we call it the God element. It's just, you can lay down any beat and put down anything, but if you don't have a vibe and a concept and a, that feeling that gives you those like, that excitement, mm -hmm. you don't really have a song. That's, that's, that's the whole thing, right? That's like a, a lot of songs today are not that great because they're just missing that emotion or that feel. I'm completely fascinated. I've never, <laughs> I, I, I really am. I really am. I, I've never, it was never, actually, I never sat down to actually have a discussion with a, a songwriter and I find it completely, um, I was not expecting to go that way, right? Tribal, yeah. but there has to be because when I think back of all the songs I've listened to in my lifetime, in the thousands, hundreds, mm -hmm. of, I don't know, and there has to be something godly out of this world where they got yeah. these thoughts out of you know i hear i hear songwriters in the middle of the night and they'll wake up and they'll have a pad next to them and they'll write down an idea because of a dream that they had that's me <laughs> you know that's exactly like, me my kids right? catch me in the bathroom recording stuff and they're like who are you talking to be quiet i'm recording yeah. a song idea oh okay sorry dad like yeah. I'll just escape into a corner and be like recording stuff you know yeah, like you know how 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 Paul McCartney wrote uh, hey Jude yeah right he's, he's just he's talking to his grandmother and he had a dream about his grandmother and take this sad song because it was it was the Beatles were doing really really poorly they were talking mm -hmm. about they weren't doing well and 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 she goes oh you know don't worry about it just you know just let it be no sorry not hey Jude let it be let it be and his grandmother told him Paul just let it be let it be and yeah. he, he said he woke up in the middle of the night. And he's like, oh, my God, my grandmother. What she let it be. Just, okay, let it be. Imagine. Speaking words of wisdom from his grandmother, let it be. Imagine. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Goosebumps yeah, just you goosebumps. telling me the story, I'm feeling it. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and what's I, crazier about that, Louis, if I can add, sure. what's crazier about it is that they wrote a whole hit with let it be. Like, think about how simple, but it has so much meaning. Not because the words have the meaning. It's just because the song gave it that element of magic. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I can't yeah, explain it. Yeah, because, right, his, his, his grandmother was religious. So mm -hmm. speaking words of wisdom, Mary Mother comes to me. Speaking words of wisdom, he, she was probably, right, she got yeah. those words from Mary Mother. And then just like you said, just those words of let it be. And he makes it into probably arguably one of the best songs of all time he sets it up they that's the thing about writing lyrics that's tricky is that you need to set up the song so that your hook which would be like in this case let it be mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily need to be so complicated it could be three simple words True. but it's how you set up those words that make it have an impact and yep. i kind of compare it to like a comedian how he's going to talk and talk and talk and then boom he hits you with boom. the punchline the yep. punchline could be so simple but you'll dial after because you know everything that came before it, right? Yeah, good point. Very good point. That's it's true. It's the same way. It's the same art form, right? You're setting mm -hmm. up for that finale, and even that, right? I, uh, I always like. <laughs> it's crazy how I analyze songs, and I, I'm telling you, I was, I was, I think I was meant to be either a musician, and I think it's too late. Forget it, and I, I can't learn music, <laughs> but, but, but like, oh, you used to DJ. Yeah, that's true, but but still, I mean, well, it was more Johnny would do the DJing and I would do more the mm -hmm. MCing because I have the blabbermouth, okay, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
but 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 I always loved the music and I always, you know, was so fascinated with the construction of the song, right? Like you said, the body and how do they know where to put the body and when is it too early? When is it too late? And yeah. and when why does this non-lyric that, that at the end you're a falsetto, why does it sound so good? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or they're doing like a sound with their mouth that has no meaning. No meaning. But no. it's just but no, hold on. It has no meaning. There, there becomes a meaning of that sound. Doesn't it kind of become like you need to hear it now, right? Yes. Like when a singer does a falsetto at that point, it's like it gives you like that satisfaction. Like it's satisfying. Like, okay, I Absolutely. needed to hear that, but we don't understand why. Even Absolutely. as singers, we don't know why the song needed that, but Absolutely. it just did. Absolutely. You know, and I compare it to, you know, like, na, 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 hey, Jude, like, na, 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 is not a word, right? No. Or, or I know that, you know, um, Genesis, when they do a live version of, of um, oh, my God, I always forget. But they always throw something in there that makes no sense. But now I, li I can't listen to that song without that part because I want to yeah. hear it live because I, I think it's part of the song, even though they only do it live and it's not on the original um version of the song yeah. so those are all the intricacies and all the the idiosyncrasies of a song that have always always impressed me so much so much so i, I want to tell us tell me about this song glorious project of yours how did this come about um this was on Shark Tank, if I understand. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you tell the story because I'm, I'm really intrigued with this. Yeah, so, so Song Glorious is a website that we create custom songs for any occasion. Uh, and basically, Song Glorious was founded uh, by um, two people in, the, in uh, New York. Now I believe their head office is in Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Ellen and Omaya, and I connected with them online. I found their website and I found it so interesting. So I emailed uh, the owner, Ellen, and I said, this is really interesting. Like, I could get behind this. And she listened to my music and called me right away and said, you know, you're a great songwriter. We'd love to have you on our team of songwriters on our panel. So I said, perfect. Uh, so I joined them. And recently, so basically we write custom songs. Recently, they just went on Shark Tank in October and they landed um, a $500,000 deal with four sharks, which include uh, Mark Cuban, Damon John, I think it's um, Kevin O'Leary, and there yep. was a guest uh, shark at the time, was um, Peter Jones, I think. Okay. Uh, so they landed this deal, and the company grew. We, when I joined the company, they, we were just a handful of artists writing custom songs, and now I think we're 120 artists on the team. And they're getting thousands and thousands of song requests. I've been doing uh, uh, probably about three a week, two or three a week, including my own music, plus writing songs for artists that I work with. But Song Glorious has really been a blessing in disguise, especially uh, during the pandemic, where everything was closing down and businesses were doing really bad. Income was dropping. And then I found Song Glorious and they helped me so much to actually make music uh, uh, like basically monetize my talent of songwriting Incredible. and I've done I've done custom songs for weddings podcasts uh, commercials uh, youtubers tons of stuff okay well first of all before I ask you more you're gonna do you're gonna do something for my podcast that's number one no problem that, we'll, we'll talk off, off off of air on that um, second of all do you maintain the ownership and the rights of the lyrics of the song yes. 
Yes, you every do. song we write, we own the song 100%. We can do what we want. The song that okay. we're giving to the customer is only for personal use. Okay. Yeah. So I heard the song that you wrote for the uh, Navy SEAL or Ranger coming yeah, back. Yeah, the Army Ranger. Yeah, I did that in September. Oof, that one bro. really hit. That one you really hit to me hard. Really, that has to be a warning before that, bro. Yeah, I finished a box of Kleenex. <laughs> Christ's sake. Yeah, I could tell you that the writings, I get those often. And uh, I could tell you that writing a song like that, like I still haven't, I did that in September. I still haven't let it go. I still haven't been able to get over that story especially with everything coming out in the news about what's been going on in Afghan uh, Afghanistan and all this. It just was very overwhelming. And I just, I needed to write something really special for that guy. When he sent me the request, I opened up the file. I'm like, wow, this one is going to be emotional. This is, this is so powerful. I saw another one of a, a young kid, a teenager, and their parents, were they filmed his reaction. Yes, that uh, was the song, song that yeah. you wrote and sang mm -hmm. for them. Because mm -hmm. you, yeah. you sing for it too, right? Yeah, yeah, I write. So, we, we, the artist, like I do the entire song. I do the okay. music, the lyrics, and uh, the melody, the singing, the production, the full thing. So the kids' reaction it was just oh man, priceless. It was just so yeah. beautiful. So, yeah, you know what? A, what a concept! What an idea! These two, yeah. uh, two ladies. You said two ladies. No, it's Ellen two. and her husband uh, Omaya. What a great wow! They, they is... basically, like they said on Shark Tank, they brought in the modern version of the Telegram. Yeah. Like that, like the, the, the like yes. the singing telegram, yes. right? Yes, uh, it, it's the modern version of the singing telegram. That's what they're saying. Like you want a song. What's interesting? I love what I love doing is like I was saying earlier, like the stuff, like the podcast. I did another one um, for um, a salon academy that they're gonna okay. use for their YouTube videos. I love doing that stuff. The emotional stuff is amazing. Like the one I did for the Army Ranger was really like an, it really hit me hard. Like realizing like. What are we complaining about in life when these people are going out and risking literally their lives for our freedom and we're complaining about nonsense back home? You know, it's like it really hit me hard. I wanted to make something special for that. And that song, I'm actually going to release it as a single. Um, I pre-released it on Instagram and uh, just to thank uh, for Veterans Day, just to give sure. a little thank you and a little shout out. But I'm going to release that song officially on Spotify soon. You know what I love about this, Pat, and I've always, uh, I've always um, been a supporter of the plight of musicians and songwriters uh, not getting the credit and, let's face it, the money. Because yes, you do it for the love, but you have to earn a, a fair wage and a fair living. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so happy that things like this exist. Um, I'm so happy that now. Have you heard about this NFT? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did you hear about what that Canadian rapper from Toronto did? Uh, no. Okay. It, so, you... so, so this is going to revolutionize, uh, first of all, uh, music, uh, because, you know, obviously it is a lot easier for you, but, but to mo mo monetize a song. So basically he was releasing a new, if I'm not mistaken, it's a song or an album. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not hundred percent right. Uh, correct on this, but he sold $1 share. Mm -hmm. the song went platinum so that's a million shares that he sold at a dollar each in less than th three minutes wow okay as an nft which means that every time this song is played that all these million people that bought this get royalties yeah, okay yeah on this song mm -hmm. so yeah. the artist just made a million dollars imagine that okay but then maybe all these people could make money off it as well by one dollar 
Yeah. And they're supporting their favorite artist or their artist. Yeah. That's amazing. So bye bye record companies, record labels. They're finished. They're finished. Yeah. It's a tricky time for record labels right now. Um, but it's been a very hard time for artists for many, many years. So I think, uh, you know, the labels are struggling right now. Um, but it, it, it's touchy. I mean, I don't want to make excuses and saying that the music industry is a difficult business. And, you know, a lot of artists say, oh, the music industry is cutthroat. Well, mm -hmm. name me an industry that's not difficult, right? I think you would agree. Name me an industry that's not cutthroat. But yeah. yes, the music industry is cutthroat. But it's about yes. carving out what you're good at. And like we said earlier, uh, finding a way to monetize what you're good at, which is pretty much in any business, right? Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of artists, like myself, took me many years to realize what really I wanted and what I was good at. And I realized that I'm pretty good at writing songs. So why not, you know, make that my niche and the thing that I love to do most, write songs. Yeah. Performing is amazing. Performing to uh, an audience, singing, love it. It gives you the best feeling. Uh, is it a way to monetize? Yes, there is a way to monetize. It's way more complicated. For Wait, sure. You, to make a thousand dollars, you probably need to pay ten shows or fifteen shows. How yeah. reasonable is that? Yeah, right. It's not. You can't and scale. You can't scale it unless you're doing stadiums and you're, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you know, it, the music industry is a tricky. I like to say it's a tricky place because if mm -hmm. you could find like this guy, the rapper in New York, in uh, Toronto, you said mm -hmm. he was. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. That released the NFT. He found a way to beat the system and make his money. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. I think it's. I'm just happy uh, that that they're gonna. It's already the music industry is revolutionizing. You know, you could. You know, mm -hmm. you could. You were one of the first before you were. You were using SoundCloud and just release a song. You don't need record labels anymore. Controlling oh. your music, owning your, stealing the rights to your music, managers stealing the right to your music, mm -hmm. um, and taking more than the percentage that they deserve for for. So I'm just happy that finally. Um, and even streaming, right? Spotify apparently pays nothing, nothing yeah. to the artist. So yeah. I'm just so happy, Pat, that things like this, especially, you know, um, uh, Song Glorious, these NFTs, and just, you know, putting a music out on YouTube or whatever video, um, uh, SoundCloud, whatever, yeah. anything that it's so much easier today for these beautiful voices to be heard. And think about it, Pat, how many more? Pat Rossi's would we have never heard about if you never had this this song glorious yeah. let's say yeah you know and a lot of artists quit exactly for that reason because they can't find a way to sustain a career there or to go. monetize or to sustain a career whereas now with technology if we use it to our advantage like an NFT or putting out YouTube videos or writing custom songs I mean um, I still like to write my own songs and release my own songs but making custom songs for a podcast and paying my bills with that money is amazing because I'm getting yeah. to do what I absolutely love to do yeah, and, and, and sustain some kind of a living doing it. Right? Absolutely. And you have, you have the beauty that, you know, you, if you know your basic needs are met by doing this, then you have mm -hmm. time and not the stress of having to write music that you really want to make and create. Yeah. So and I'm that's why I don't complain too much about uh, like streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple. I really don't complain about it because you know what? At least they're giving something. Yes, we're getting screwed. 100% I agree. Yes, we're 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 getting paid like what is it now? Like 0. 0.0003 cents a stream. <laughs> something like this. And but at least 
it's something. And I think it gives us hope that it's going to get better because eventually that something has to build up to, to something better. Um, I think that's where the industry is heading right now, especially with all these independent artists that are coming out and they're mm -hmm. just doing it themselves. I mean, hey, I'd love a record deal. I'd love, I, I've signed record deals with labels in Montreal, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, but just because you have a record deal doesn't mean anything. At the end of the day, if you don't have a good song, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. If you don't have the talent, you ain't going anywhere. And yeah. it's the same for getting signed with Atlantic Records or Sony or Warner. If you can't put out good songs and tour to sustain that album, to get it sold and get it streaming, you're not going anywhere in the music yeah. industry. So it's a it's a real package. I'd love a music. I'd love a big label to give me a million dollar signing bonus. <laughs> we would all yeah. every artist would dream that. But I mean, it, it's 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 not really uh, something that's easy to do today because labels are not really looking for artists that are not de develop developed. Yeah. Uh, when a label is signing an artist, it's because they already have a following. They already have a million followers and yeah. 10 million streams, and they're able to play a show at, at a, a bar and fill the place up. And that's yeah. what the label is looking for today. I think that old infrastructure is gone. It's 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 it's, it's not possible anymore today. I had Paul Duca on. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you know Paul from. He's from Ontario as well, and he used to be in a band. And uh, they 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 made it. They got a record deal. Um, they were even supported by Howie from uh, is it New Kids on the Block or Backstreet mm -hmm. Boys? Uh, yeah. And, he, and anyway, and he was telling me he goes, we had to invest mm -hmm. and spend and money to make an album. That yeah. you don't know if you're gonna sell. He says it was. It's not sustainable. We couldn't do it. back in the day when when music was still that way, right? Yeah. So now you have all these other avenues and and um, possibilities. I'm I'm excited for the music industry on yeah. on on that end. But on the other end, you know, I wanted to get your take and 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 I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to shit on today's musicians. I don't. Okay. I don't because I understand that there's always going to be fluff in music, right? Sometimes you just need music that makes you happy. And for me, it's not for me. For me, it's it, the, the song has to mean something. The, the lyrics have to mean something. I see the musicality behind it, the instruments, the, the complexity, the, 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 the complexity of, of, of writing notes. And, and uh, especially, you know, those early years of Genesis, Jesus, man, just genius. But anyway, that's, that's another story. <laughs> but, you know, like, what do you think of the evolution of music? Where, where, where are we at? Where is it going? I honestly, I don't, besides a few groups, uh, you know, Mumford and Sons, your, your, your heroes, Imagine Dragons that we're going to talk about a little bit after. Bro, honestly, I don't see much going on right now. How do you see it? Well, it's no secret that if you look at the top 10 of any billboard, there are no more bands. There's probably one of which you've already mentioned, Imagine Dragons, maybe One Republic, if they get to the top 10, which they usually do. Mm -hmm. But on a, on a list of 10 top-selling artists, it's all solo artists True. most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so that's no secret. The bands know it. The artists know it. The labels know it. Everybody's going for solo, 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 solo projects. Why? I'm not sure. I guess it's mm -hmm. because they get teams of songwriters together to write these songs for the solo artist, unless you're Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and you write amazing oh, songs. So brilliant. That oh, guy God. is a brilliant songwriter. I love him. But love even him. he works with other songwriters. Yep. Now, as far as the evolution is concerned, I honestly can't, 
I honestly don't know if there even is an evolution of music right now because it's hmm. just, for me, the music is just spinning in itself. It's just like recycling itself. We went through uh, the last two years, we were back in the 80s with The weekend, yep. and Synthwave came back. Yep. And now I'm like, okay, but we're not evolving in, into anything. We wrote songs like this in the 80s. And just five years ago, when I was writing songs like this, I was told that these weren't popular. <laughs> this is not the style. And now in 2017, 2018, Synthwave is back. So I think we're just recycling old music. I don't know. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. If no. there's any band that's like revolutionary right now that sounds like nothing else we've ever heard of, like a Genesis of 2021, I can't think of any. But I do appreciate the musicality of bands like One Republic and Imagine Dragons, U2. These are like Imagine Dragons. These are hardcore musician, artists, yes. songwriters. They tour a lot, they work, they grind, they know what they're doing, they write amazing songs. So I appreciate that. Um, but is there a band today really that we could say, like Nirvana, this sounds like nothing we've ever heard of. I'm not hearing it today. I'm not um, sure, maybe I'm wrong. The last ones that I saw that blew me away, and I've seen them now twice, uh, was Mumford & Sons. Yeah. I've never, never, no one, no one ever heard grassroots Folk. And they were at the peak of like that. They were at the peak of that folk rock music, right? Yes. Like yeah. when Arcade Fire started coming out, it was Correct. around that time. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a while ago already. It is. You know, it has been. And uh, the, by the way, they're live are just incredible. Incredible. Yeah, they're really good. Um, so I don't know. I just um, so, but you know, it's it's funny what you say that. And then you you're gonna ask us, you know, why the nostalgia of music? Well, because music was just so much better back then. Because it, it was. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. And it never ended. Every era, every decade had their thing, had their sound, had their complexity, had their their emotions that came and find you. Whether it be sadness, whether it be happiness, and disco, and and mm -hmm. grunge, and and hard rock and hard rock will will always be yeah. long live rock and roll. But yeah. um, you know, so um, but it, what's the sound of the aughts, like the two thousand <laughs> to two thousand and ten? What is the sound? Uh, I don't uh, have no idea what it is. It's, it's, <laughs> mumbling, fucking mumbling. Is it is it rap? What is it? Because I'm listening to the nineties. If I hear a song, be like that's a song from the nineties, right? That's like from the nineties. Yeah, two thousand and one, two thousand and two. What's the sound? What is the style? Even now, the 20s, what, what is our sound so far? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's mumbling. Like, it's it's mumbling. rap mumbling. It's Billie Eilish. Uh, that kind of style. I guess th there was a pocket of like this indie pop alternative style like Billie Eilish was doing, yeah. which didn't really last very long. Okay. It's like alternative pop. Yeah, some I'm gonna probably get I don't know care. I don't I really care if I get haters, I don't give a shit, you know me. But but Billy Eilish. And, and what is it with all these fucking singers that, that they're, they're so sad and the, the the person sounds like they're fucking crying while they're singing? Yeah. Shut up. Honestly, yeah. you're not doing anything for me. Yeah, like, I know. Uh, oh, I went to the oh it's I went depressive. To the, the depender and the depender didn't have any hot dogs. And, <laughs> oh, my God, and, oh my boyfriend left me. And, yeah. Seriously? Come on, man. Yeah. I know. It's it's it, I don't know if you can call that an evolution of music, though, because I don't see it like inspiring people to do anything. An evolution of music when you have a sound like, for example, in the 90s, Nirvana came out. We mm. all went and bought a guitar. Yes. We all bought a guitar. We all anybody that had the slightest little bit of interest in music like myself, 
we're going to Kids Music on Jean Talon, and yeah. we're going to buy a guitar, and I want to be Kurt Cobain. I want to yeah. play guitar. I want to learn this song. That was the 90s. In the 2000s, what did we buy? What, did, what inspired us? There are amazing artists that came yes, out. Yes, there are. There but are. I'm saying, what are they inspiring us to do? Which even brings me to the next point. Where did all the rock stars go? Where did they go? Rock stars were people that were against the grind. They were against the grain. They were people that had a message. Bruce Springsteen had a message. Uh, uh, like you said, the Beatles, they had a message. They said, yes. this is not right. Bob Marley, he had a message. What message are we giving people today? Well and said. it reflects exactly on society and what's going on. And like you like to talk to, about in your podcast, <laughs> Cancel Culture, if you look at the music, these, these songs are bland. They have no message. And then we're dealing with people from, with cancel culture. No kidding. There's no it, message of authority you're, anymore. You're totally right. Where is Rage Against the Machine? Thank you. Where? In the 90s, I was blasting that shit at Champlain. People were like, oh, what is this? Yeah. You know, it, it, this, yeah. it's just, it's, it's not only about being angry. It's just, for me, a rock star like Bono, he was always a rock star for me because he came out and he said, guys, enough is enough. Enough of this shit. Oh, we lost the connection. Not sure what happened there, but we're going to wait and see if Pat's going to join us back on. Must have clicked on something. Oh, he's back. He's back. Yeah, sorry. We got cut off there for you, some you, reason. You got, you got too emotional. I love it. It's sorry. starting. It's starting. As soon as I talk about Bono, they cut me off. <laughs> it, it, it's like I have a restraining order against him. <laughs> I don't know why I got cut off there. Sorry about that. It's okay. No worries. So, yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, he came out. I remember Red Rocks concert. He comes out with the white flag. Like, it's enough. Like, it was just a message. People had a message. Today, I find a lot of artists don't have a message. They're just putting out a song because they want to make a million bucks and go. Totally right. You're totally right. Uh, Bono, one, my other musical idol, Peter Gabriel, right, with his work with, from, from uh, you know, uh, Africa when he wrote the song to mm -hmm. the, the, his hit song, Biko, right, for Stephen Biko, which is yeah. the uh, Cry Freedom movie. Well, Phil Collins, movie. Land of Confusion. Yeah, Land of Confusion. Rush with uh, subdivisions. Oh, all so these... much. Rush, uh, so many songs that, that, well, because, well, first of all, Neil Peart, which was one of the only, I could probably say in rock and roll history, that was one of the only drummers that was actually main lyricist of a, of a band, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was one, one of the only main ones that he was the main lyricist and he was a genius obviously he was a poet yeah and a writer um but so many songs that that went and find you that like you, you, oh, man again pat you're really impressing me tonight it's so true <laughs> it's, it's it's something that wasn't they all these musicians stood for something somewhere i'm not saying their entire catalog was that even you know acdc uh ozzy osbourne uh black sabbath war pigs uh crazy songs that wow man mm. like in the face of the establishment anti-war songs anti-war um, uh, land of confusion yeah was I'm politicians about... were afraid of these songs they yeah. would censor these songs yeah. because they didn't want people to wake up and hear and say hmm what is this talking about what are we what are we looking yeah. into here politicians yeah. feared this stuff yeah now Absolutely. we have our rock stars performing at the politicians uh, uh, benefit gala or whatnot because he's endorsing his campaign <laughs> what the hell is going on? It's so true. It's so fucking true. Yeah. Yeah. Ted it's Nugent crazy. playing at the tr Trump rallies. Remember that one? I mean, come on. <laughs> what, what's going on? Well, it's anyways. Well, it's, um, but I think 
I guess, Pat, in not so many words, that is the evolution, I guess, that music yeah. has gone through the evolution that maybe there's really nobody that has the courage to write a meaningful song uh, or, or sorry, not a meaningful song, but what I mean, a song that stands for something, maybe yeah. um, a song that, you know, a la Bruce Springsteen, right? That he'll, he won't, he won't back down for anybody, you know, mm -hmm. it makes me think of Dave Chappelle too, right? He won't, he won't back down to anybody. He will not kneel to anybody. And still after all these years, Bruce Springsteen, which I absolutely adore, uh, still writes those songs about small town America and where did it go? Where did our values yeah. go? Um, I think a lot of people are afraid now because of the cancel culture. They don't want to say the wrong things or stand for the wrong things exactly because of that. Yeah. Yeah. You they know. don't want to be canceled. They don't want their legacies to be forgotten now by saying the wrong things. Yeah. It's incredible. Eh? So once again, it goes back to what we were talking about before. How many great musicians are out there, but are just holding it back, holding it back, right? Because yeah. they're afraid. Because they're afraid, Pat. Because mm -hmm. how easy is it 100%. today? That they're going to be canceled out you know i was i was um on veterans day it's funny you mentioned veterans day before i played one of my i on on facebook to my little tribute to the veterans canadian americans all the soldiers around the world i played good night saigon i'm not sure if you know that one from billy joel billy joel yeah yeah Oof, that, one. that song mother on my god yeah you know and it's 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 not necessarily a protest song but it's a seeing war through the eyes of a soldier yeah. and it's so heart-wrenching it i never i've listened to that song maybe probably in the hundreds okay of times mm -hmm. and i'll i'll cry every time i i listen to it i'll cry i remember the first time i heard that song i was kind of creeped out a bit in the sense that it's like it, it's like what like how do these people go through this yeah in war like what they're seeing is this real like it gave me, we were young. I was young at the time when I heard that song, but it gave me like such an eerie feeling at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't comprehend that when you're young, but then you listen to it, songs like Goodnight Saigon or one from, from Metallica. Mm -hmm. And you that know, song, like, that song scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I had, I had nightmares, bro. I had nightmares. Yeah, the video, but, I couldn't watch the video. I still can't watch it. But think about it. Think about it, Pat. We're going to go again with the education aspect. How much. Did that one song, Good Night Saigon, uh, Saigon, or one, did teach me about the history? It exactly. makes me listen to the song. I look at the lyrics. I'm like, hold on a second. What is this Saigon? What is this Vietnam mm -hmm. War? Wow. This is yeah. completely useless fucking war. And this all my interest stemmed from this one Billy Joel song that I absolutely loved. And I love Billy Joel. Um, so it's just amazing. It's just amazing how yeah. you could even educate yourself through music. Right, you listen Absolutely. to uh, a Biko from 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 Peter Gabriel, which, Peter as you Gabriel, know, after yeah. after Phil Collins is Peter Gabriel, or something. Gabriel. I always say they're probably like this for me. They're side mm -hmm. by side, right? Yeah, you listen to that song, and he's just he's just he's literally writing a, so, a, a story. He's reading out a singing out a story of Stephen Biko's life, September '77, Port Elizabeth, weather yeah. fine. It was business yeah. as usual. In police room 619 but you know it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy how a song it relates to a piece of history and we're always gonna even though the song wasn't written at the time that this happened it brings you to that time if you're writing a song about world war ii it brings you to that time absolutely even though you wrote the song in 2021 it brings you back to 1944 yeah. or 45 you know what i mean like it's crazy how the power of music
it's true because especially you know at the beginning of one or the beginning of Good Night Saigon at the Good Night Saigon the beginning you hear the helicopter and one you hear the 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 gunshots yeah and the guy talking I think it was the doctors talking or something like that that was a pre-recording in the surgery room yeah I get chills I don't want to I don't want to think about that video because I'm not gonna sleep it's scary but these are real life stories that these artists were trying to tell these are that's you know. And there's I'm so not many. seeing that today in the music industry too much. Uh, Pat, I wish Pat. somebody would correct us and tell us that we're wrong. But believe me, I try. I look for songs and artists that stand for something or that have. I mean, there are artists that are doing great things with foundations and stuff like this. Yeah. That's amazing. But politically, there's nothing in the music industry right now because everybody's too afraid to even touch politics because they're going to just get canceled. Yeah. No matter yeah. what side you're on, left or right, if you touch politics, you're going to be canceled by one side. I was watching um, a show on an interview and I forgot that Jeff Beck, I think his name is Glenn Beck or something. He's a conservative uh, talk show host out of the States. And he mm-hmm. had the lead singer, I forgot the name of uh, three, three, Do- three Doors Down. Yeah, yeah, it's- yeah. And uh, basically, his his career is not ruined, but uh, because of him, you know, standing up for certain things in the government, and um, mm-hmm. he's he's had to fight his way through everything, yeah, because he believes in in certain things. And whether I agree with him or not doesn't matter. I still love him as a singer, and he, yeah. I think he's very talented. You know, Superman, I love that song, mm-hmm. um, and he had a few more hits. Um, so so you just see the severity. Look, if it gets to someone to him, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite incredible. I think he was just calling out the um, war mentality, right? The the mm-hmm. war machine of the United States, and um, he's paid the price for it, man. But he still he keeps to his convictions, Pat. Yeah, How could you yeah. Well, I met him uh, three doors down. I played with them. I met them. They're super nice guys. Uh, doesn't get more real America than them. Yeah. Um, but they are the nicest, sweetest guys that you can talk to. I had brief conversations with them. I don't understand. Just the guy has a view and he had an opinion about something. He's mm-hmm. allowed to, but the media tried to cancel him because his view didn't fit in with the mainstream at the time. And so they tried to ruin his career, but he's still going. They're still performing. Yeah. They do shows. And yeah, it's, um, it's it's still worrisome right it's still worrisome um luckily none of my musical heroes have had to go through that right the the guys that we grew up loving whether it be genesis you two um have had to go through that so that's that's at least for that mm-hmm. um so i don't know i don't know where we're going but uh, i guess we'll see where we're going for that then i always say this when i have these discussions like thank god i have we have all the music yeah, and we'll always have that music because I still listen. I just I don't listen to anything new hardly. It's all mm-hmm. old stuff, seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah, so that's what I listen to. I wanted to know. Um, I'm intrigued to know. First of all, your involvement in the Tyler Robinson Foundation. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, second of all, how did you even get involved? How it seems uh, it seems like you um, are involved with Imagine Dragons as well. How did that come about? Uh, and, and first of all, it's before you answer that question, Pat. I absolutely love and adore your 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 fucking tenacity. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> it, it's incredible Thank because you. there's 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 a lesson to be learned here, guys. Whoever's watching this or listening to this, here's a guy from 
St. Leonard, Montreal, born and raised in Montreal, and followed his dreams, and he does what he wants to do, and and the tenacity, and you know now you're writing songs and 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 and, and hanging around with rock stars. How, how did that even happen? Tell me. <laughs> You're going to make me blush. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hanging out with rock stars. I have an 11 year old and an eight year old pulling on one side and the other side. But you know real, what? The... Real rock stars that got there. <laughs> Bro, a real rock star takes care of his family <clears throat> and still takes care of his dreams. So you're a real I rock agree. star. Thank you. I agree. Uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. The Tyler Robinson Foundation came about, first of all, with Imagine Dragons. I was just a huge fan. I loved mm -hmm. the band from when they yeah. started up. Started, uh, I emailed the manager randomly to see they were coming to town when it was one of their first tours. I emailed the manager to see if I could open up for them uh, when I was with The Falling. The manager and I started chatting back and forth, and uh, he said at the time they already had an opening act, this and that. But he told me, hey, you know what? If you're coming to, the, if you can get tickets to the show, I'll hook you up. Just show up at the box office and I'll take care of you. Just because. Just because he's just an amazing person and a nice guy. And he knew that I was a big fan. So I said, is this guy serious? Like, okay, no problem. So I show up. They gave me amazing tickets to the show. Backstage passes, meet and greet, the whole nine yards. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> so, you know, super amazing guys. Super mm -hmm. amazing guys. So I, I love the band and I, I talked with the singer and this and that. And then I, at the concert, they talked about this foundation that they, were, that they had started, uh, the Tyler Robinson Foundation, who was one of their fans that passed away from cancer. And so he was like a really big fan and he, he had a connection with the band. So they started this um, foundation called TRF, the Tyler Robinson Foundation, which basically they fund, not they, I don't like saying the word fund. I don't know why I always say that. They mm -hmm. help families um, with the finances for families that have a child that has cancer, okay, okay with pediatric cancer. So okay. if you have a child that has pediatric cancer, TRF comes in and they set you up with uh, a financial planner. They give you um, money to help you pay bills so that you can focus as a parent on your child's recovery. Amazing. So sort was... of like uh, Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I think they've done some stuff with Ronald McDonald House as okay. well. I fell in love with the concept and the idea, and I said, if these guys could give back, I always wanted to give back with my music and, and, and in some way. So I said, you know what, how can I get involved with TRF to help out a band that I love? And they said, well, you could be an ambassador for us. So they sent me a bunch of merch, and I started to become an ambassador for them. I went to uh, some of their shows, one in Quebec City, Montreal. I did a show in Tampa Bay uh, and West Palm Beach as well, where we would set up a booth. And we would just bring awareness, hand out free bracelets and stuff to the fans to bring them aware, make them aware of TRF and how mm -hmm. they can help out in, in some small way. Love and it. so that's how I got involved with it. And then it's been since 2017 I've been involved with them. We're always uh, looking for ways to raise funds. I went to Las Vegas. Um, and again, I got to hang out with the band and all the TRF people who are so amazing. They work so hard for this foundation. And at the gala, which was in Las Vegas, it was just amazing. And they just had their, uh, I think it was their eighth annual gala, something like this. Mm -hmm. And they raised $2 million again to help these families with uh, children that have uh, pediatric cancer. So that's how I got involved with them. Um, it was just, you know, one thing that led to the other. And, I, and now I'm part of the TRF committee for ambassadors mm -hmm. as well. So I'm trying to help out any way that I can. And then we had done the song Hope that you played at the beginning of the show. 
which was written for the Tyler Robinson Foundation because we had uh, a little uh, stuffed dragon that we called Hope that we gave out to all the kids that were uh, part of TRF. And we called the dragon Hope. And so I said, how about we make a song about this for the kids? And yeah. they loved the idea. And so we went with it and I wrote the song. Oof, it's a beauty. It's a beauty. I could tell you that. I absolutely love that song. That's a great, Thank that's you. a great story. And uh, I'm not sure if you know, I'm part of the the board of governors of uh, the Fount, uh, Fountain of Hope Foundation, okay. where we give money to uh, the Children's Hospital here in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And uh, normally every year, it's we've done our five pre-COVID, we did five um, annual poker tournaments. We raised quite a bit of money. And nice. uh, who knows, next year, maybe you could come and perform a song or two. Nice. Yeah. I'd love that, that. would be awesome. I'd love that. That would be awesome. That's a great story. That's That really is a great story. Um, Pat, this has been a blast. Honestly, Same I, I, I totally love your story. Um, I didn't know it completely that way in, in so much detail. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I think you're an inspiration, honestly, and I wish you nothing but luck in your future. Uh, and just don't forget about the small guys, you know, the, the little people when you, when you become rich and famous, the, don't forget about us. Never, 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 never. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Louis, I'm always gonna be the pesky little brother, Gino's little brother that's following you guys around everywhere you're going, playing hockey. Hey, can I come? Can I come? All right, fine, get in the car. Remember those days, the good I old love days. it. I love it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know what? Uh, I want to do something a little bit different tonight. So before we say goodbye, I want to play another song. This is one of my favorites from uh Pat. And uh here we go. Why don't you tell me your dreams? Why don't you show me your fire? I'll be the one to lend a hand. I hope you understand. Take your time. Please don't feel my fears. Don't let it hold you back. I know the world will drag you down I won't let them take you out You'll be just fine And if you want somebody on your side You know I'll always be the one to shine the light on I promise I'll let you go
Oh, I love that part. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how you write a song. <laughs> Thank you, Pat, Louis. I love it. I love that song. Pat, tell everybody where they could find your stuff, uh, best place to find your music. Um, just look up Pat Rossi Music, patrossimusic.com. On social music, uh, on social media, just go to Pat Rossi Music on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, but patrossimusic.com, you'll find all my links and all my information, all my music. Get some streams on Spotify so I could make my point zero 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 three cents. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Listen, but please bring some sun back to Montreal because it's freezing here and it's raining. Oh my god! Cold. Oh my and, god! Uh, be safe in your travels back home. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been a blast. Stay on the air. We'll have a little chat off air. And thanks for everybody okay. for tuning in, Pat. All the best of luck. Thanks again, everyone. Love you all. Thank you, Louis. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.